So the creation of the intro. Yes, the creation of the intro. What should our intro be? Or the Du Bois. The, we are the the Du Bois. Are we doing two thes or just the Du Bois? I think we are the the we are the the Du Bois. We're the 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 Du Bois. The 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 boys. It's all of us. The 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 boys. The 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 boys. The 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 boys. The 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 boys. So it'd be the 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 podcast. The 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 podcast. Awesome. Yes. I'm good with that. All right. Well, the the podcast. Welcome. Welcome to the 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 podcast. Uh, I'm Jordan. I'm Anderson. And I'm Nick. And uh. We're ready to talk about all this good stuff today. What what do we have lined up today other than talking about how these dogs are cute? Uh, so, what we're going to do first is raise our voices. So I'm going to raise my voice so that this here laptop can hear me instead of the microphone in my hand. Oh, it's a beautiful day in sunny Sarasota alliteration. You tried. I'll give you that. Good afternoon, folks. The temperature today is 4.17 p.m. We are one minute and 24 seconds into this podcast, and it is time to get started. Now, I love how the temperature is 4.17 p.m. (laughs) (laughs) The the temperature is, what what time is it? The temperature is a minute ago. (laughs) Man, you're living in another, like, plane of existence right there. That's so far future thinking. Thank you. Actually, I'm living in Seminole Trails. It is one of the best apartments of all time. Uh, future thinking. We have future thinking. Seminole Trails. We are the future. Um, I'm living in a, I'm living in a little a little shanty town off of Lapona. Some call it the Gehanto. I call it my home. My, my place of operation. My room is covered in water, but that's not what I call it. That's just a fact. You're trying to live under the sea. Under the sea. All right, so what we have lined up is we are going to introduce ourselves, give a little background, so the audience will get to know us, which is fun. And... Yeah, tell tell them. (laughs) This is going to be fun. I promise. It gets better. (laughs) But besides that, uh, go over... The formatting of what we're hoping to do with this. And, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So who wants to go first? Hi, I am Anderson. You could tell by my super sensual voice that alliteration returns. You should pass me that lemonade over there. Ooh, I'm passing the lemonade. Gracias. And who are you who I just passed the lemonade to, guy? I'm Jordan. Uh, I am one of the three voices that we'll be hearing. <laughs> you guys are the worst. <laughs> You're doing great, but, sweetie. You're doing great. But besides that, like these other two fine folks sitting across the table, from me, I am a student at Florida State University, oh, I studying a degree that nobody thinks is relevant, which is theater. Yeah. As uh, Chris Salata said, why don't you study something like economics? Useful. Useful? Yeah. Yeah. How about you, 
third person. All right, well, I guess we're going around the horn here. I'll introduce myself. Uh, my name is Nick Michaud-Clark. I'm a BFA acting major at Florida State University. Me I'm too. I'm in my third year of, of college. And, uh, yeah, just like Chris Salata, just like Fred Chappell says, do computers. Computer, computers are so much easier. But you know what? We're all here doing the acting thing. And, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm really excited. Yeah. I'm, from, I'm from Atlanta, Georgia. Currently in Tallahassee, Florida. There you go. And um, I love life. I love baseball. Oh, we miss sports twenty. Ooh, the sports ball where you hit it with a bat. How's that? It's pretty good. It's it's very good. Very good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, gang. I, I I was I was looking to see if it was four twenty. It so was. I could have that little bit. It was four twenty. But they yes. thought it wasn't. And then I missed well, it. And, and now it's, it's gone. No, it, it's way gone. On the mic on the microwave. Yeah. Funny. It's 420 on, somewhere the, in the, the world. Stove. There's a clock broken out there somewhere on 420. Well, what does 420 mean to you guys? Uh, it's just a meme to me, Bill. Well, Dave, well, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Patrick? What do you think? How did you get through, Patrick? Oh, uh, SpongeBob. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I don't know. It's just symbolism of screwing the cops. Oh, that's what I learned from the interwebs is that's what that means. Hey, puppy. Pretty sure that's actually the code, though, right? For, for, for to, to, to get laid and cop No, no I, think you, I think it's 911 for the cops. What are we talking about? <laughs> we're, we were talking I don't even about know anymore. Numbers, man. Numbers. And numbers. Okay, speaking of codes and numbers, I'm going to just jump into a niche conversation. Go for it. Do it. The briefcase in Tarantino's Pulp Fiction. Never seen the film. Okay. What? This is. That's a fucking lie. I know that is. No, I haven't seen Pulp Fiction. <laughs> Great mean? start to the conversation. Yeah. Okay, go on with yours. Well, I will. That that I will not act that. like I know what you're talking. You know, about. it's it's this thing that Marcellus wants and uh, Vincent and uh, Samuel Jackson's character have to go get. You forgot his name. I forgot his character's name. Yeah. Uh huh. Anyway, I did too. Though. It's okay. <laughs> um, and like the code to the to the thing is six six six, and then they open it, and it's gold. And Satan pops out. You don't see what's inside, but it like it shines gold in your face. And... That could have been anything. Man. That could have been a whole briefcase full of Pokemon yellow. See, Quentin Tarantino decided saying it's exactly what you think it is. Pokemon yellow. <laughs> Exactly what you want it to be. I think it's the Holy Grail. Which would that's really just an answer for a director that doesn't know what they doesn't know what's supposed to be. In or there. it could be like the mirror from Harry Potter in that first one, where it's like whatever you see is what you want it to be. I guess, but there at least it showed us yeah, what it, like it actually does. It's, it's yeah, supposed to absolutely. represent like the desire to want what's in the briefcase. It's like Harry wants to die to be with his parents. That's what he. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> yes. So you just gotta <laughs> rip yourself. What's your favorite Harry Potter? Goblet of Fire. Hey, puppy, don't choose that. Because um, because the Triwizard Tournament is free. And competing is fun. Same reason why Spy Kids 3 Game Over is my favorite Spy Kids. Well, interesting. It's your favorite Spy Kids, yeah, but it doesn't have. It's not, I think it's in the first Spy Kids where he says the line, uh, 
uh, do you think God <laughs> doesn't return to Earth because he's afraid of what he's created? Something along those lines. The first Spy, Spy Kids is my favorite. Keep it OG. We love oh, I do, guys. I, I, <laughs> I do love how they put like random stuff in the microwave and it comes back as like McDonald's items. Okay. Oh, yeah. That was... Put in like the really small... That was a dream as, as a kid for me. Oh, absolutely. We're getting there. I feel, I feel like we're getting there. Yeah, yeah. Uber well. Eats is already starting. Then you got Domino's trying to deliver pizzas via drones. Yeah, but I'm thinking more like... Wait, a, have you seen those videos? They like, they're airdropping uh, like pizza boxes to people. That can't be a good idea. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm just imagining like, like Johnny a bird like, interception, <laughs> like just like, yeah! off Lincoln on an eagle. Well, here's a thought: <laughs> since all birds are controlled by the government, there can't really be bird interception, considering they know the airways. I don't, I, I, does Nick know about that? You don't know about that theory. Don't know. You don't know about that theory. All right, so there's a there's a there's a theory that people believe that there's birds aren't actual beings. They're um, government controlled. Government is like ways to watch us and us not be aware of it, sort of thing. Exactly. That's like the Hunger Games. Yeah, exactly. It's just like Fallout Four. And what happens in Fallout Four? Like I don't think Rick and Morty did the bird thing. Except squirrels. Did they? Oh, the squirrels. Yeah, the squirrels. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Right. Not the government, but they're the same same. Yeah, the same concept. Morty. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, yes. So birds, fake. Let's deliberate. Are they? Yeah. My little sister believes it. Really? Yeah. How she she wholeheartedly. She's fifteen years old. She wholeheartedly believes that uh, that birds are government watch devices. I just don't feel like there's enough government employees to like monitor all those birds. Well, well not if you give them two birds each. Then they could, that, that must really make it way easier. <laughs> well, also, also throw this out. Hey, throw, throw this idea out there. What if the U.S. government is working with all other governments, and it's like a worldwide watch system by governments to keep their people yeah. in check? Even Dude. still, like, I feel like there's more... I wonder what's the ratio of people to birds. And, and then yeah, the ratio. That, that is true, because like, maybe I'll one species of birds we outnumber, but like all of them... I don't right. know, man. I think and it's not like it's the entire human population against all the birds. It's the entire well, government employee human population. I, I guess if, if we're trying to feed, feed into this, like, if you see a flock of birds, like, you can it consider could be one that, person like, one per person controlling sure. that entire flock because yeah. it's, like, just one kind of little hive mind. All right. So, What's up? about ten years ago, two scientists decide, decided to estimate the total number of birds on the planet. I'm glad. The total, the number... <laughs> they were here with us. The number uh, they came up with was... Between 200 and 400 billion individual birds. Okay. Compared to at that time 5 billion people, uh, this amounts to about 40 to 60 birds per person. And yeah. since okay, so bird numbers are shrinking and people numbers are going up, we could probably say that's about 35 to like we'll, we'll go at lower end, 35 to 40 birds a person. Okay, so how many birds are in one flock? Search Depends on the species. But like, like on, on average. average. Average birds, and then how many government employees across all of the nations? There you go. We're, we're gonna crack this code. We're gonna. <laughs> Is it possible for the birds to be? <laughs> Jordan, does the government have access to your community gate? <laughs> we gotta be sure we're ready. Let's see. Um, 
There's no estimating flock size. Let's see. Oh, oh, well, he does uh, have. About, we, it we, depends on the species. There are some that it's, uh, you can look at it and be like, all right, that's like 10 birds. Like, but there's like, some that, like, if they go transatlantic and stuff like that, it's upwards of about 470. Okay, well, let's assume that 500. the birds that cross the oceans are not spying on boats, okay? Yeah, so they're, they're not they're, spies. They're, like, they're, they're in we transportation. The they're in transit right now. So they've right? already got government employees out in the oceans anyways. Exactly, exactly. So let's say 10. 10 birds a flock. So is that, like, every person? If every person was in on spying on the people... They would have to spy. They would have to observe three different flocks. About yeah. So, but however, because we're only doing the government, how many people are in the government? And not just our government. Any government. All the government. How many worldwide? But while he searches that up, we never introduced the doggies. We got two dogs in here with us. The one right next to me. She's a cute little black. I don't know what breed. Her name's Eva. And then across from me, we have a golden retriever poodle mix. Uh, it, it's mixed with a poodle? Yeah. Oh my god, mm-hmm. Chewy, you're mixed with a poodle. I didn't know that. Oh, that's where the ears are from. There you go. I it's see. The cutest He's trying to bring ever. it to your lemonade. Well, it's empty anyway. Uh, oh, uh, he, he, he's responding. He's, he's coming. <laughs> he says, My people need me. Free the Wookiees from slavery. Well, we, that, yes, that can. there's no number on worldwide government system uh, employees, but... They don't want us to crack the code. They don't the want us to crack the code, clearly. But um, as of 10 years ago, probably number's probably risen, um, excluding postal service and soldiers. <laughs> postal service. <laughs> they had, they had well, to specify. Th- those guys are way too busy to be spying on us, okay? Are they, though? Maybe that's what, th- that's what takes so long. They're too busy spying on the baby, Maybe. But they're, they've, they, um, the U.S. government has about 2 million civilian workers. All right, so 2 million. 2 million, and... Uh, if We should just do the U.S. at this point. Okay. Let, let's do it a sample size, and then we'll go for the world. Right, so there's that. about 350... Oh, take all, the, take all the birds in the United States. We'll just... At any one time. <laughs> U.S. bird population... <laughs> We gotta be accurate, dude. Lord. If we're changing the equation, we gotta go back. Yeah, exactly. Hey, puppy. That is Let's the happiest see. puppy. How many seen. birds are in the USA? Well, there's about two thousand different species in North America. I don't want to hear excuses. I am trying. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see. Let's see. Let's see what we've got. Whoa! You right there, bud. You're gonna. You're gonna do it, dude. I have faith in. All right, so there are about ten. There are about um. Let, let's go on average fifteen billion birds. Okay. Fifteen, 15 billion billion birds. birds in the United States. Oh my god. So divided by two million. Right. Yeah. All right. So let's go fifteen billion. Or no, wait, not two million. What's the what's the word? It, it was it was two million people in the United in the government. States. No, three hundred fifty in the United what? States. Two million in the government. There are fifteen billion divided by two. Turn my phone sideways because the number was too big. It's about seven thousand five hundred birds per person. Per person. Damn, dude. All right, and then we take the flocks of seven thousand divided by ten, which is seven hundred fifty per person. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so 
Um, you gotta figure if the bird theory is accurate. You you at least have one government agent sitting at a desk with about seven hundred and fifty monitors. Yeah. I just I don't see how where they got the funding for that. You know you know they Can, probably the government's considering all about, the like, annex is, is the the bathroom still stinks and. The, what is it, uh, Fab is flat, uh, sliding into Tennessee Street. They had to cut cameras somewhere. Yeah, exactly. And then we have our president building a wall. Yeah. Well, no, so no, no, no. where are they getting all this he, money? He's not building the wall. He's spending the money on birds. <laughs> More that's birds. Why, that's why. It's More been, surveillance. He's about, like, the election's coming up. Mm-hmm. And it's, time it's to still not face. built. And if you ask me, I'd say... The wall is for the birds. And that's that. And you can't see me, but I'm making the ching on the drums. Because that was a joke. And you should be laughing at it. The only way we'll know that this <laughs> we'll, we'll know that this theory and it's gonna be fun. <laughs> yeah, the only way we fun. know this theory is going to actually is is, is gonna be true. Is that for some reason we see a huge spike in bird conservation efforts mm. by, by the government. We see a huge spending increase in bird conservation efforts. And that way we know yeah. that... Yeah, okay, I think like we need to get more specific. You think of if there was one type of bird that is more suspect of being a Pigeon. spy... A raven. Oh. Ravens are flies, oh. dude. They're black, so you can't but see pigeons them are night. everywhere and already look stupid, so uh, it would make sense that the camera's hidden in there. And you're right, because the, pig- the pigeon's got the same, like, light thing going on. If there was exactly. one creature right. that I could admit wasn't designed by God himself, it would be the pigeon. See? <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Alexander Hamilton invented the pigeon. Spread the word. <laughs> Big government. <laughs> He couldn't be president, so he invented the pigeon. Oh, lovely. That's pretty cool. Yeah, cool. I'm, I'm, glad, I'm glad we came to the conclusion. We've done it, boys. Pigeons. We did it. We just saved the, the United States of America. From itself. From itself. Yeah. <laughs> Thinking about the dodo right now. About the dodo bird? Yes. Yeah, man. <laughs> I'm going to need an F in the chat for him. <laughs> Jordan knows what that is, you know? Yeah, I had to explain it to David. Yes, there you go. I had to explain it to David. Oh, no. He was like, I don't even know what that means. I was like, oh, man. He's not a gamer boy. He's not a gamer boy. It's fine. It's fine. Not everyone can be. Not everyone can be. I think you explained it to me, too. Electric boogaloo, my friend. Electric boogaloo. I remember. He remembered. And that's what's important. No, I've definitely seen that in games before. Battlefield. Battlefield. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I remember I played uh, Arkham Origins and it was like press B to pay respects or like to get the flower for the chalk outline. <laughs> and if it was on PC, it would have been F. Yeah, if it was on PC, the coding would have just been off. Button mapping non-existent. They would have gotten bad reviews. Console gamers would have risen up. So now that we switched over to gaming. Yes, we have. That's our topic. <laughs> I missed the dodo. 
What do you guys... Uh, there's been a lot of changes with uh, games and their loot box system. And, like, for instance, there's a lot of people in, a, in an uproar right now because uh, the new NBA 2K game mm -hmm. is being marketed as a rated E for everyone. Which it should be. It's a basketball game. It kids, it's like what a kid's sport. to be rated as? No, it's still... It, it was always neat. But, <laughs> it was rated but, M, dude. Like, if you dunk the ball, all the, the entire audience would just turn into, like, hot redheads. Their heads explode. And then, like, they just explode. So you have, like, just Very all graphic. these, like, women with their heads blown off. And then they were like, wait a minute. I've been to a basketball game. I didn't see that happen once. <laughs> so then they, they made it eat. Yes. So now back that. to back to the um, originally back, scheduled program. Back to not being stupid. Yes. So par um, a lot of parents and adults are worried because this game is ready for everyone, but they promote uh, gambling in the game as a way for like for their online mode, and they want the game to be rated at least T for teen and have like a warning being like this is highly addictive. Please be cautious about this. Parents don't go spending like obnoxiously without your parents knowing, sort of thing. Interesting. What are your thoughts on on that? Like games being allowed to have gambling esque aspects, like the are loot they box actually gambling real money, or is it like is it like virtual currency? It's, it's real. virtual currency you can buy with real money. You're like you to get the virtual currency, you have to pay with real money. Exactly. I mean, like, and it's just for for cards in their online mode. They're like those casino games, like on, on the app. Yeah. Like what are those games rated? I will check for one, like one of those. Because I actually don't know. That's a that's a good point. Because I mean, like those, those are legitimately gambling. <laughs> Let's check the first one. Big Fish Casino. Let's check and see what it's rated. It is rated seventeen plus. Oh, look at that! Big Fish Casino. It's rated seventeen plus for uh, infrequent mild sexual content and nudity. Oh. And, uh, okay. mild cartoon or fantasy violence. I see where the uh, fish comes Alcohol, from. tobacco, or drug use or references. Mature suggestive themes, profanity or crude humor, and in frequent and intense simulated gambling. There you go. So anything that has gambling. All that other gambling, stuff was 10 and up. That made it 17 and up. So, yeah, because 14, 15. you can't even gamble at a standard casino until you're 21. Unless, yeah. unless you're in international waters and then it's 18. Oh, wow. So. That's cheating. <laughs> that's interesting. So, what are, what are your thoughts on, like, companies being allowed to get away with, with kids getting ba practically gambling addictions from these games? I think, uh, I think it's wrong. <laughs> it's just, the short answer, no. Long answer, uh, it's really just... I feel as though the video game industry has just gotten into a bad habit of terrible, terrible practices of trying to abuse the consumer, trying to mooch us for every single cent that we have, and forcing us to make games, gaming a lifestyle rather than a hobby. Yeah, and, uh, actually. Definitely. Uh, like, I, like, I actually just very recently thought about it, too, because I... I me and my girlfriend were watching what guy? Watching uh, H2O Delirious on YouTube. Shameless plug. I'm not related to him in any way, shape, or form, so I don't know if that is a plug or not. I'm not sure if I'm using the word right. Um, it would be a promotion. Shameless promotion. 
uh, I was watching a video of them playing Grand Theft Auto V. They were in like a casino, and like they were gambling. But then I thought, well, Grand Theft Auto is not for children. No. Children still play it. I remember playing Grand Theft Auto when I was eight. I almost said three, and I was like, no. No, <laughs> But uh, definitely, I thought it was just different in that game, just because it's supposed to be a game that reflects real life. Mm-hmm. So the, all the harsh realities of, uh, oh, hey, um, game violence, yeah. gambling. Um Helicopters spawning in the middle of the road and just ruining your day. Bad traffic. <laughs> Flying motorcycles, you know? Exactly, standard exactly. standard issues in 2019. Oh, yes, reality. But uh, I'm not too in tune with game the gaming community, but from what you say and like, from what I've heard, I, I do think Grand Theft Auto V brought like, a new wave of renaissance games, just games that tried to do it all. I think if it's, if it's an NBA basketball game, like, just let, let them play basketball. Yeah. Gonna try and like uh, implement this system that's specifically designed for me to spend the most money with the least amount of gain. Exactly, because that's been that was a trend that I don't know the release date for Grand Theft Auto. If you oh. if you want to search that up, uh, I thought but, you were the searching up guy. You know, I'm the one talking now. Oh, we got we gotta switch oh, the roles every oh, once in a while. Okay. You know, I gotta pull my weight, huh? <laughs> <laughs> so. But, what is it, in 2013, I think, or 2014, which sounds about right for Grand Theft Auto V, because that was the new wave of, I think, the, the Xbox was, One. It was 2013. 2013, there we yeah, go. Yeah. And so that was one where the, uh, it was it was even earlier in FIFA, and maybe in Madden, but more instances of uh, this mode, like, called Ultimate Team, or My Team, came up where you would buy packs, and then you get the chance to get these players, and that was, like... You could spend thousands of dollars and not get them. But then we could have one guy that spends five dollars and gets it. So I feel like that was like how you're saying Grand Theft Auto, that's actually a great point bringing it up because that was a game that was like it was an all in one game and people were taking because they saw how much money they made off of that. Because yeah. you would buy the money to be able to spend in game. So why not try to replicate that in our game even though it has no relation to it? Yeah. Because money is good. It makes the world go around. I never understood that. Money makes money. Bleh. Money makes the world go around. Yeah. That one well, I mean, it's it's in it's in uh, what what's the, what's the show? Cabaret. Yeah. Is it? Yeah, it is. It's a whole well, it's a whole song. And we're full circle back to theater. <laughs> we did it. We did it, boys. We made a coherent podcast. It's been fun. <laughs> and speaking of theater. What do you guys think of the season for, for Florida State? Which, for those of you who don't know, is our first show we open up with Chicago. Chicago. Oh, yeah. At the end of October, right? Yes. And then we have... Ernest. Important to being Ernest. November starring, 1st through the 10th. Starring yours, yours truly, Nick. Nick Maud. Nick Maud. Nick Maud. Nick, Nick, <laughs> Nick Michaud. Michaud? Michaud. Michaud. My show. Oh, oh fancy. My show. And the Frenchman. Oh, oh, oh. Sorry, sorry, Nick. Nick Clark. Yeah, the, the first, the first week and a half of November. Yes. And then after that is our Three kids show, Three Little Pigs. Oh yeah. Sorry, Mr. Anderson Kochechi. I don't know the date of that either. It is the end of November. 
I think. I, I had to do data entry for it for the November twenties uh, for room reservation, but oh. yeah, that sounds about right. Like like right before Thanksgiving, okay, sort of thing. And then and then comes in the Heights, which in is our big Heights. our big ninety six thousand dollars. What? It's <laughs> yeah, a lot I'm of money. It's yeah. a lot of money. And that's been uh, that's, that's I think from uh, February fourteenth to the twentieth, I believe. Twenty third. Twenty third. Yeah. Yes, you're the close. February twenties. Cool. Then after that is Marie Antoinette, which has not been cast yet. She has not yeah. been cast. Those auditions are the first week we get back yeah. from uh, Christmas break. Hearing about the, the season last year, I was most excited for Marie Antoinette. It's yeah. one of my favorite plays of all time. I was very confused. I thought it was this semester we were uh, doing yeah. it. So I was like, I'm so excited. And then like Ernest, was, yeah. everybody was like, Ernest, Ernest, Ernest. I was like, what is that? And then we end the season with, we are proud to present a, a play that has... A very long name. It, it's in Namibia, I think. Yeah, it's it's about the now. Now that we've we've said this season, let's go over each show. Talk about what we what we're expecting and what we're happy, not happy, what we think. So let's start with the opening, Chicago. Um, I'm very excited to see it. It's a very it's it's kind of the uh, the quint- quintessential yeah. musical. It's gonna be it's gonna be a fun time. I, I don't think anybody's gonna hate Chicago. No. It's sexy. It's exciting. It's, sexy. it's funny. It's got the cell block tango. It's Look, got Mr. Cellophane. I miss the it's cellophane. Got, it's got, they both reach for the gun. Whoa. Mr. Amos Calloway. No, I guess I'm I've only ever heard of Mr. Cellophane <laughs> and cell block tango. <laughs> what? I've only ever heard of cellophane, Mr. Cellophane and cell block tango from that show. I didn't even know what the plot was. It, it's, uh, it, I don't... It's very different from the movie, from what I've heard. Um, well, most stage plays are. Well, I think, from what I understand, it's about a... Yes. <laughs> it's about a girl who shoots her husband for one reason or another. She goes to jail with a bunch of other ladies who shoot their husbands for one reason, or lovers for well, one reason or another. One girl stabs her husband seven yes. times. That's in the song. 27 times in the chest, right? Wow. I stabbed him. About the show. I stabbed him 27 <laughs> times. Yeah. There we go, yeah. He fell on my knife. Oh, yeah. He fell on my knife 27 yeah. times. <laughs> and then, uh, I know there's a character named, I think, Amos, who's the lawyer, and he, he's famous for getting these girls off. <laughs> good, good, my boy Amos. Oh, Proper oh, word choice. Insensitive joke. Can I get a All right. He um, gets He gets them out of jail. Yes. Bail bondsman, sort of. Lawyer, 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 okay. lawyer, and uh, Mr. Cellophane, I think, is in love with the uh, the main chick. Is that Roxy? Is Rock? Is it Roxy? Vicks? Roxy. Roxy. But he. Roxy Horror. Who knows? But Rocky but he. <laughs> Rocky Horror Picture <laughs> He. His name. He calls himself Mr. Cellophane because everyone looks right past him, sees right through him, <laughs> and never know him there. Do do do. So that's all I know about it. Yeah. The importance of being earnest. Oh, please, yeah. No, Would you, you like to explain that, that? Yeah, yeah. It's a very hilarious British uh, satire by Oscar Wilde. It takes place in 1895. And it is about um, these two guys named Jack and Algernon who both fall in love with uh, Gwendolyn and Cecily, respectively. And they both fall in love with these girls under the name of Ernest. And these girls fall in love with them thinking that their name is Ernest. And they only love them because their name is Ernest. And so they gotta 
and they can't marry these girls because of like class and they have to like do all sorts of stuff, jump through some hoops, and eventually get Christ get Christian, so their names become Ernest. There you go. Wait, so <laughs> it's very You lost me at Ernest. <laughs> they love they love the They name love Ernest. the name it, it, it but... inspires it inspires it inspires yes, confidence. Like it inspires confidence, exactly. It's yeah. kinda like seeing a, seeing somebody in uniform just like, Oh yes, Ernest. Yeah. And they're like, Well what about the name Jack? Oh I can never love someone with the name Jack. It inspires no confidence. No, it is almost no as offense bad. to the Jacks out It is there. almost as bad as John. John. I will tell my father you said that. Ooh. Oscar Wilde said that. A dead man. <laughs> yeah, your, your father's quick. That must be tough. Look at the puppy's foot. Look at your short yeah, that, that, that I feel is going to be a really, really good show. Oh, it's going to be a lot of fun. There's a lot of smart humor. Oh, smart humor. Smart humor. <laughs> you heard it, folks. I'm going to have to see it twice. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oh, yes. And then after that one is my show, Yes, tell us yeah. about your show. Oh, man. Now, so, Three Little Pigs, is that, is that a... Uh, I've never heard of that before. Well, you used to... Whoa! Oh, <laughs> I love the start... Just three little pigs, man. It's starting stuff over here. We, I just saw some female dog on baby dog action. That's sad. Asserting the alpha. Asserting, yes, yeah, she really was. All right, so yes, three, three little, little pigs. pigs. So is it took, is it like hoodwinked, right? No, no, hoodwinked was really good. <laughs> <laughs> No, so the, the, the three little pigs. What are you implying there? <laughs> no, this is gonna be great. Uh, no, really, I'm gonna have so much fun. Uh, this is the, the full title, I believe, is the true story of the three little pigs, and it's really a continuation of where the classic three little pig story leaves off. Um, I don't know if that story changes. I don't really remember how it ends. Really, I just remember he blows all three houses down. Oh, so he wins. The oh game. no, he he can't blow down the brick house, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's how that's how the original story ends. Yeah, and then we and then after and then, that after that we start off in a courtroom, and now the pigs have taken legal action to put Albert T. Wolf, Albert T. Wolf, Alexander T. Wolf, my God, uh, in jail for his crimes against pigmanity, pig pigity, pigman. Wow, pigmanity. Uh, uh, who knew a kids show would be involving legal, Poor legal battles? Kitty. Teach Poor him young, right? Oh yeah, teach him young. Yeah, yeah, for sure. American Soupy. I learned that across the sea. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so we're, there's a legal battle, and uh, the uh, all, all the characters in the courthouse, I believe, are porcine in nature. And then we have the wolf who's on trial, and. Uh, it's just a, a, a show trying to teach kids about whether or not they should take facts for face value and to make decisions on their own. Our, our, the show actually has two different endings because towards the end, after all the evidence has been presented and uh, you see the true story of what's gone, what's gone on the entire time, the kids get to decide whether or not the wolf's guilty. And by kids, I mean the college students. <laughs> So I can't wait to see how those shows are going to be. Because that just changes everything. I got a 
you gotta learn two different endings for the show. That's gonna be a lot of fun. Wait, so that's an audience thing? Like, yeah, the audience, yeah, the chooses, audi- the audience chooses mid-show what? if the wolf is guilty or not. Ooh. Yeah, right, right? I'm excited. It's gonna be so good. I can't wait to see that wolf get put to jail every day and then be like, man, uh, he's a really nice guy. <laughs> the wolf is Blake, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah Blake will beat him. That's gonna, he's yeah. gonna be really good in that role. He's also the Piragua guy. He is, which, transitioning into In the Heights. It's the spring season, yeah. Spring season, yes. So, uh, I'm also in that. I'm Mr. Rosario in that. Which is? Which is the father to his daughter, whose name is Nina. Nina Rosario, yes, that is correct. I know my role. I'm proud of you. Oh, I saw the lines to a thing. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that show is. That's, I, I feel like that show is gonna have a lot of impact at the oh school, yes, just absolutely. because it's I, at least in my time here, it's been it's going to be the most culturally diverse show we've done. Yeah, like yeah. aside from Hairspray, Hairspray which was, was a good. brilliant production. Oh, that was really. I, I almost cried in Hairspray. That was that really was good. really good. I didn't think it was gonna be that good, <laughs> but it was it's even better. But that was last year. We're on this year. We talk about yeah. the future, not the past. So, In the Heights. I'm very excited for it. Uh, I was. Uh, I remember last year when uh, the school of theater said, yeah, we're going to do In the Heights. I was worried because I wasn't aware of how many uh, Hispanic, Latinx, Americans, I'm not sure which word I'm supposed to use, but uh, I wasn't sure how many people would come out to audition for the show, and so I thought we would have to blind cast everything. I was like, ooh. Yeah, that that would take a that would take away a very important message that the play is supposed to be that the musical is supposed to be about. But I saw a lot of people that I've never seen before in the school of theater come oh, out yeah. to audition, and that was a very nice thing to have. But oh yeah, met a lot of people. A lot of people came out and showed off their talents. Uh, the um, the the individual I forget his name Santos Santos uh, last name. Santos Sanchez Santos Sanchez I've never seen the guy before but like now he's the lead in the musical and he was like killing it in callbacks I remember he was feeling himself I was like dang who is this guy I want to be his friend oh, I needed to, I need him to teach me how to move my body <laughs> I don't know if he's the same year as we are or is he ever in what uh, not I've never like, I don't seen know him if before. he's in the school of theater That'd be something to try to figure out. But yeah. uh, I heard he did some theater Tallahassee and stuff. He awesome. was in, uh, what was it? The it, it was the show. It was the show put on with like the drunk wedding, sort of thing. Drunk wedding or whatever it was. The big love. No, it was it was one that uh, I can't remember. It's fine. It's fine. But it, was, was it, was, it. it was out at uh, it was, Hannah Baker was in it. Hannah Baker. Hannah. It was it was out over at Quincy, I think. Okay. Yeah. It's fine. It's but, fine. You know what? <laughs> we're fe- we're feeding the knowledge to the people right now. <laughs> Some somebody who's listening who will be listening to this is probably like, oh yeah. We know the exact title yeah. of it, and they're stupid for not getting it. Well, I, I was stupid from the get go. Geico. Fifteen Save minutes saves you fifteen percent or more on podcasts i would but yes <laughs> but yeah yeah no for sure uh, so what's in the heights about in the heights follows this uh follows the main character whose name is usnavi and u.s navy yes he got that because his father wrote u.s navy down but didn't put a y put an i 
and thought that was Usnavi. Yeah. And so he kind of just took it and ran with it. He and his cousin, I think. It's either his cousin. It's his cousin. It's his cousin Sonny. Yeah. They run a mom and pop shop down in Washington Heights, which is which is the upper. East side, I think, or or just the, just the upper side of Manhattan. Anything past like, like Central Park, like 112th Street, that whole northern north, yeah, northeastern side of the island. And it's about his story about uh, yeah, it, his family love. It's about everybody living in the Washington Heights and just the uh, the life and the culture that's like there that doesn't really get uh, represented in most modern. Pieces of which, popular culture. Which is why the author, Lin-Manuel Miranda, wrote it. Yeah. Was because he just wanted more stories like that to be told. More things that you don't normally get to hear about in in your modern theater spaces. It's not like your fancy classical British place, like Importance of Being Earnest, or uh, popular modern musicals like Chicago or Wicked. But it tells another story of a diver, of a culturally diverse group that then they can feel like they're represented, and it's an important thing. Absolutely. It's going to be a very good show. It's going to be oh, lots yes. of fun. Piragua, Piragua. Man. <laughs> but anyway, after In the Heights, we is have... Marie Antoinette, which I have no idea what that show's about besides... I, I, I know that she was Louis XIV's wife that ate too much cake and hit, got the people, like... Was it she kept the food from the people and they killed her for it or something? Yeah, basically, I'd um, she she was a uh, princess or royalty from Aus- Austria, and she married into the Australia. Uh, <laughs> she married into the the uh, French uh, you know, family, and it, it, it's very interesting. It's like a very modernized you know, story. Mm-hmm. Um, very very trippy. There's there's the motif of like this sheep that talks to her. And he comes back and she, uh, it, it tells a story about she doesn't really care about the lower class system. And uh, it's always kind of like boiling and she's like holding it back, kind of ignoring it. And it's not a problem. And eventually by the end of the play, you know, she's in jail. But she, it's, it's, it, it's, you can see kind of her madness take hold. And uh, Louis XIV is played by like a man baby. Which is pretty funny. He's like just obsessed with his clocks. He builds clocks. No. That's all he does. So it's a very interesting. It's one of my favorite plays of all time. And um, very, very powerful lady. I can't wait to see it. Like, I've, I've never seen it. Megan or Pence is directing it. Oh, oh that'll be and good. And we love Megan here, dude. Yeah. Fucking awesome. Yeah, she yeah. did. Yeah, she definitely, definitely. And then after that, um, is. Yeah, that's a. Uh, hold on, I start jumping. It, uh, we, are we are proud to present a presentation about the Herero of Namibia, formerly known as Southwest Africa, from the German Sudwest Africa between the years 1884 and 1915. Did you get all that? I hope. I feel like I only got louder after I faced the laptop. But hey. <laughs> so this play I read in Intro to Theater. It was Intro to Theater. Yeah, 2020. Year. And I couldn't tell you a single thing about it, except, like, there's not characters, it's, like, actors. Yeah, yeah, it's it's actors who are self-aware, I think, is is their big thing. It's a lot of, it's culturally diverse, except for one, I think, 
white guy that has to be white for, well, the, for the play. You know, like, I have this, I have I this think, script on I think my bookshelf. There's, there's six actors, if I remember. I didn't read this play. This is all everything. Like, I know Amelia was in it. Uh, Amelia Joyner, our classmate. And she told me all about it. And I was like, ooh, wow. Ooh, I, I wish I read it still. <laughs> but uh, there's six actors. Uh, and three are supposed to be Caucasian. Three are supposed to be... Um, it's implied African-American. And uh, you'll you'll get why towards the end of the play. I assume. Again, I haven't read it. Yeah. But yes, white and black. Three, three. And uh, a, a mixture of male and female uh, actors. And it's a very intense play. It's supposed to be very intense to bring light to the um, the the just irreprehensible nature of racism and the just atrocious history that is uh, European colonialism and all that. So it's a heavy play, very heavy stuff. But honestly, everybody that's read the play, I haven't heard a single bad thing about it. People who've read it. Everybody who's seen it is just, like, left dumbfounded. I'm excited for it. I can't wait to just leave shaking in my boots. But, hey, that's just me. Yeah, that yeah. we have a really good season lined up. Yeah, I'm absolutely. very excited. I remember uh, the seniors, our freshman year, talking about how they want more diversity in the school theater. They want and to do more theater than we want. And we're, I mean, definitely based off, of, <laughs> based off of the seasons from our freshman year, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's the way the program is moving. I think is a very positive mm-hmm. way. Like this year, they also start. I don't know if you guys are aware of this, but they started this year for the BAs. Instead of you doing tech practices, which would normally be two days a week for like an hour and fifteen minutes, yeah. you do one lecture hall a week. It's like it's like Wednesday from nine to eleven, and you learn about all the different theater areas. I think you still have your production assignment. I believe that that's still like a guaranteed thing Mm -hmm. so you go and do that and then like you you basically do like a generalist like all right i'm going to take performance one and 2020 and world theater history and those sort of classes your first two years but then the last two you can pick like a track it's like all right i want to do a ba but i want to be an actor and you can take more acting classes or i want to be like a musical theater thing and you take more of those classes or like a stage manager and do that sort of thing so what do you want to do? Where do you see yourself going? I don't know. And that is like a little worrisome, considering we've only got like a year and a half left, <laughs> almost two years left, but... Interesting. Yeah. But like, I know that you are, like, you have taken a lot of the classes and you already know a, a very broad knowledge. Not broad, but like, you know a crap ton. Yeah, I feel like it'd, it'd be better, like... I'd, I, I want to be like a jack of all trades. I don't think I want to focus on one specific thing because then I feel like knowing my personality, I'm just going to burn out of it because that's how I get with a lot of things. Well, that's still a very good thing because, I mean, that means you can be a, a part of many more projects. Yeah. And then, Keeps uh, job opportunities open, and that means money. We yeah. just and that watched, means being able to support myself. We just future. watched this uh, short film with this guy named Jim Cummings. Who yeah. Was, Wrote, performed, and directed the the piece. It's like a fifteen minute short. It's called Thunder Road. It's oh, on Vimeo. I was highly so recommend watching. Is he related to Alan Cummings? Uh, I have I no know. idea. I don't know hmm. um, this guy. But he's like he said, like he's a jack of all trades. He's if you look at his uh, credit reel, he's like done a bunch of stuff. But he's also 
a cinematographer, a, a sound guy, a lighting guy. Like he can effects. do it all. Effects that he's big on effects, and like he is always working because he is so employable. Yeah. And so. And so, but I wish there's nothing wrong with the jack of all trades mindset. Jack of all trades, a master of them too. And on on that note, also, where do you where do you guys see each other? So uh, Anderson, you wanna you wanna take that away first? Where like uh, like in I, five I ten years, where do you see yourself? What? In like five years, let's say, where five where years? where do you think you'll see yourself? Uh, I have absolutely no idea. I thought I had a plan set out, but that was more like, a, oh okay, like this is where uh, this is where everybody says there's work, and so I just I'll just go over there. But then I gotta have worried about finances. I haven't worried about uh you know uh, my relationship. I haven't worried about uh how I'm going to afford moving. And definitely, I haven't thought about me, Anderson, myself. Uh, like, ask come to my attention that I've got a lot. Uh, I don't like to use the word growing, but I feel like that would just be the best word to, like, everybody knows what I'm talking about. Of, uh, like, I have a lot of growing to do. Like, you know, <laughs> getting used to cooking my own meals every night rather than going out and calling a, a chicken sandwich from McDonald's a meal, you know. So, uh, definitely, like, I've still got, I've got to get into a better mindset before I finally decide where I'm going to go, but I think, uh, in five years, that's probably where I'm still going to be, just kind of going with the flow, finding out where I want to be, what I want to do, definitely want to act, absolutely, but that's where I'll end up, and where I'll be acting in, and how I'll be doing it, you know? And you, Nick? I see myself, uh, on my plan right now, I have family, uh like 40 minutes outside of Atlanta, Georgia, which is, has been, for those who don't know, just a booming market as far as the film industry is concerned, and a lot of indie films are shot there, so I think I might, uh, you know, crash in the grandpa free rent for a couple of years um, outside of college, and then, whoa, um, whoa, whoa, babies. <laughs> also a big part of the whole, uh, a big part of the whole you know, working as an actor industry is finding a job that supports your acting career. Yeah. And um, so I'll definitely be looking for stuff out there. Uh, it's something that keeps me... That was good. That was pretty cool. Yeah, y'all didn't see that, but he just snapped his finger and his AC turned off. Like, he, he, that was a power move. <laughs> That's the power of Thanos. Oh, I should have brought my little Thanos cotton and press the button every once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> No, but yeah, just finding something that, you know, allows me to audition, not bogged down by a schedule. Yeah. Being, being my own boss would be awesome, but yeah. I definitely want to be acting probably in movies primarily and television shows and like film, TV. Are you in the acting for film class? I am. Yeah, yeah. yeah we're, we're taking it with Jennifer Riker, who is already so great right yeah, now. Yeah, she's very intense, but very um, you know, empathetic and like yeah. rigorous teacher. Absolutely. Like, I've, we've had like three classes right mm-hmm. and i've already learned a lot so yeah it's exciting if you if you can't take it take it <laughs> yeah i think the the acting dilemma for a, a, a film person especially just starting off where you don't have a name for yourself yet is that you know you want to play all these crazy characters like with accents and yeah. different time periods but at on at the end of the day it's like who are you right now that's who you're gonna play yeah you know, and so it's really just about finding your brand. Oh, like, b- before you can be Robert Downey Jr. in Tropic Thunder, you have to be Robert Downey Jr. as a... Shaggy Dog. 
Yeah, I guess. I was like, <laughs> man, I'm blanking on everything. Unfortunately, I'm one of those people. Who's like, oh, that's Iron Man, right? Yeah. Um, there was that one movie where Before he's like a lawyer. Before you can be Elon Musk the meme master, you have to be Elon Musk the cameo in Iron Man 2. Oh my god, was he in Iron Man 2? Yes, he was. What a sexy, gorgeous... He was in one of the, he was in one of the party scenes. Oh, she's asserting her dominance again. Hey, Eva. (laughs) Eva, where do you see yourself in five years? Here. Showing this bitch what's what! <laughs> take it, Chewie, take it! <laughs> this chair is creepy. No job is open, Chewie. Oh, God, Chewbacca. No. That went dark very fast. I don't like it. Well, on that note, this has been a good first episode. Yeah. yeah. I'm happy I enjoyed of, it. Happy of where, where we are with it. Yeah. Yeah. Cover so, the basis from. The birds to uh, the birds. Birds to to we are proud to present to, to gambling to, to theater. Gambling. Yeah, proud to present to Anderson doesn't know where he wants to be with his life. Yeah, to Eva fucking fucking Chewbacca. How are we? That's gonna, not how that works. What? <laughs> how are we going to uh, close this one out? We gotta have like a catchphrase. We gotta have a catchphrase. Gotta have a catchphrase. Zooey mama. <laughs> Okay, somebody... TM. Yeah, take Zoom that. TM. <laughs> what, what are we going to talk about next week? I was thinking... I was thinking... We'll do... We'll talk about movies. Movies. Okay. Right. Movies. We'll talk about our favorites, our... our favorite actors, our favorite... Yeah, like... There you go. I like The most that. entertaining, but not necessarily the best. with yeah. your top five movies, and also your least... Top five least favorites. Top we'll five favorites and least favorites. Favorite, least awesome. favorites, and we can talk about... Actors and movies we're looking forward to, like Star Wars. <laughs> I got a least favorite. Rubber. Oh god, I thought that was gonna be a good, fun, like little indie film. Rubber. Terrible. Rubber. What's that? It's just about a wheel and Barely it's got an psychic. Oh, Wait, dude. what? It's a psychic wheel. And it's got a personality, but it's also evil, so it kills people. And it was just bad. It was just that 15-minute short film that we saw with Jen Cummings, a uh, shameless promotion. Jim. Jen. Jim Cummings. Uh, so much better. In those oh, 15 shit. minutes, I, I live more than that hour and a half. Yeah. But well, alright. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, yeah movies so next, next week. Next week is movies, but our catchphrase? True. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the, the, the podcast. Yeah. We'll see you the, the, the next time. <laughs> <laughs> Zoo Wee Mama. <laughs>